On Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations. Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake, sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Early Break. The show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. And this hour is sponsored by Trek CBD because that is Mike Schaefer you see in the bottom part of the video here. 24-7 Sports. Wave to the camera, Mike. You're there you go. Hello, Michael. How are we doing? We're doing well. We are doing well today. How are you? I'm good. Jake's had a bizarre show. How have I had a bizarre show? show. Yeah, well, you gave what was it? Questionable takes. Yeah, he gave he gave the that's song. a common show for me. He gave How's the, that bizarre? He gave the song "Night Owls" as Night yeah, Owls by, by a Little River Band. Nine point four. Nine point four. It's up my alley. I don't. I don't know this song. I had never heard it before either. It's it's fine. It's a decent song, but like, Listen, isn't nine point four like reserved for street fighting well, man? When I'm or, shocked about a song I'd never heard. I, I give it a, a high score. I, if I've never heard a song, Schaefer for sure has never heard the oh, song. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> I actually Schaefer. came here today. I wanted to add because this is a song that should be both both of you should know pretty well. Okay. It's like 1972. Yeah, yeah. hit us up. Um, what hit got? us up. What and got? it's been an earworm for me when I heard it at the end of an episode of a TV show that I was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guitar Man by Bread. Do you Guitar know this? Guitar Man by Bread? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, of course you know that song. And I, yes, I do know if that I song. I heard it, I think I know yeah. it. Yeah. It's just been like running That's on a loop in my head That's, for the it's, last it's day at the, or so. That song is at the close of what show? Uh, it's just an obscure HBO show called Hello, Ladies. Okay, I can Steven almost... Merchant comedy. Okay, Hello, Ladies. Um, I'm thinking that Rick Heyman has played that song for us. It's possible. He's played a bread song. Has he played that one, though? Yes. I'm, okay. Yeah, Rick Heyman can text in Guitar if he's Man. still listening. Yes. Guitar Man by Bread. Yeah, yeah. listen to I it during I could, the break, I wish it'll I could be a bit of an it and, Yeah, I wish I could sing it. I can, I'm trying to put the words together in my head, and I'm close. Um, okay. I can say a part of it. Come on, baby. It's the guitar, man. Yep. Um, that is a part of it. Yeah. yeah he got it. Where yeah. Go? That's just part of it. I should be able to sing. I should be able to sing 30% of it. Yeah. I've heard it. But you would know it if you heard it. I yeah. Mean, oh, I know. I, I think yeah. I would then, too. Right? Yeah. You okay. would definitely right. know this. I was a little surprised by the hesitancy for well, me. Well, I am it's too. shocking because I, you know, I pride myself in knowing every song known to mankind, except sure. if, it's, if it's new. Well, I, don't. I also really... just don't assume bread is associated with a lot of other songs. It's David it? Gates and bread, and, and it might have been bread pre David Gates. Went to, to what okay, you now you're getting to. deep into the press. Yeah, yeah. Rick Heyman. <laughs> what else did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> David Gates and bread was a thing, and I think there was bread before David Gates. My dad says it's on his playlist. He likes that song. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's an earworm. I'm telling you, you hear it, it puts you in a good mood, and it's Guitar a man. it's a good easy listening '70s song. Okay, I, I'm sure I know the song. 
but I can't sing it right now. Uh, something keeps him going. Um, uh, I can't. I can't. I better not try the rest. <laughs> and there is ticket karaoke right there. Yeah. Early break karaoke. Yeah, your dad's got good music taste. Does, does Rick he does, Heyman? He does. I think Heyman played that for well, us. Well, Rick, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. All right, Schaefer, if you play that song. Let us know. We have to. We have can, to cover can you a lot tell of. So, before we get into this, you you just were commenting during the break that you want to talk to us why you love coaching lists. Oh, Schaefer can join in this conversation. Do you yeah. love? Do you love coaching lists, Schaefer? Uh, uh, I mean, love is strong. Like I find them somewhat entertaining because everyone's standard or reasoning is is vastly different. Um, it's about as subjective of a thing as you can get. Why it's important. And then one year seems to trump anything that comes before it yeah. and then is immediately thrown out the window the following year. You're right. That Jake does that. I, I've been really hard I'm, on Jake I'm today. I'm guilty of that. It's fine. But the, why they're important is because you're always trying to seek the guy, the guy that's going to get you there. It's hard to find him. It's hard to find Jim Harbaugh. It's hard to find. It's hard to find Ryan Day. It's hard to. I mean, one of those is different to me than the other. It's hard to find. It's hard to find Kirk Ferentz. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find a guy like Paul Christ who can go six and one in bowl games, and and just just roll along always at a pretty pretty high level um, throughout the pandemic year. They're, those guys are hard to find. It's hard to find PJ Fleck. Shafe, I, I know you're. I don't think you're a fan of him. Are you? Are you like him? I think he's a good coach. Yeah, yeah. I get like tired of the sort of sideshow aspect of it because I think it actually detracts from what he's able to do. I think PJ Fleck um, gets tired of his sideshow sometimes. I don't know. I mean I think PJ Fleck really loves PJ Fleck, so I'm not maybe I'm not sure that this <laughs> he gets tired of himself ever. But I mean well, I, I think he's a very good coach. You know I mean that's that's the thing, Jake. That's why I like these lists. Where does I like Fleck fall on this list? He's seventh, right? This feels like another seventh. CBS list. Yeah, it's it's CBS Sports. I don't know why they love and, and look. I'm a I'm a CBS employee. Tony Romo comes over with Jim Nance every now and then to discuss <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, with, but they with love Slider. the coaching list. Yeah, they do. And I feel like they do like two or three a year. Well, I think what they Maybe did here was month. took their national list and then just said, okay, now we're gonna boil it down the in the conference. Okay, yeah. So. That's what nice. they did. Guys, got to spread that, uh, feed the content machine That's throughout right. the office. Yeah, it's so it's it's yeah, Ryan Day. Do. Yeah, it's Ryan Day number one, as you'd expect. Pretty soon, guys, it's going to go from the conference list to the pod <laughs> list when we get into the super conferences. Yes. So you can see which of the four teams has the best coach <laughs> in the pod. <laughs> okay, yes. You're on to this, Chief. Day number one, Harbaugh number two, Ference number three, Chris number four. James Franklin has slid to number five. That's stupid. Pat, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, six. Get your comments in a second. Fleck, seven. I thought you could put Fleck ahead of Pat Fitzgerald. Tucker's eight. Um, Jeff Brom, nine. And what, what I was saying is if Jeff Brom's your ninth best coach, then it's a hell of a coaching league. Yeah, I I think Jeff Brom's a really good coach. Yeah. I've been in that argument multiple times because Purdue's been very, you know, up and down, mm -hmm. but it's Purdue. Yeah. Their resource level versus others. Is, yeah. It's pretty low. Mm -hmm. um, their history. I, I find it fascinating that, like, James Franklin, who basically had any job that he wanted in college football last fall, turned them all down to stay at Penn State, is fifth behind Paul Christ, who's never won the Big Ten, lost to James Franklin, fairly certain he on did. that one. Yeah, he did, 2016. Um, and then who? Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, you got to put Ferentz ahead of him which, right now. 
okay, are we doing that because Ferentz has had a nice long career, or are we doing it mm-hmm. because right now you think Kirk Ferentz is a better football coach than James Franklin? Well, Ferentz's last, yeah, Ferentz's yeah, last four or five have been better than Franklin's by a pretty long way. I mean, nine and four, 18, Kirk Ferentz, 10 and three, 219, 10 and four, 2021, 20, and six and two during the pandemic. Um, I feel like Franklin's pretty comparable with Fra- that. No, no, Franklin's eleven and eleven over the last two years, and eight and ten in the Big Ten. Okay, yeah, eleven and eleven over the last two years. It's a recency bias with with Franklin for sure. Because we were talking about Penn State as the team that was challenging Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harbaugh's already jumped James Franklin to, when they have the same resume. They both gotten them by Ohio State once to win the Big Ten. Yes, title. yes. I mean, no, 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 not same resume. Again, eleven, eleven, the last two years. Yeah, no. I look. It's it's definitely recently you can make that argument. I would also say that Penn State recently had lost a ton of talent, put a ton of talent in the the NFL, and sure. you know had some bad luck along the way with Journey Brown and some other things. But yes, I. I regard James Franklin higher than seemingly other people. I just find it fascinating. This is a guy that was, you know, good enough for USC, LSU, any job that was open. Mm-hmm. They're not calling Kirk Ferentz and Paul Chris for those <laughs> no, jobs. No, but Kirk's 66, so you give him that. I could see putting him ahead of Paul Chris. But the, the problem with doing this mm-hmm. is... Kirk Ferentz doesn't take on Ohio State and Michigan every no, year. No, I know. I know. In fact, they don't take them on most years. Right. Yeah, In fact, them. they play them maybe once every five years. They avoid them somehow all the time. Yeah, they avoid I mean, Michigan, them. they play more often. but Yeah, they play Michigan. Um, I, It's just one of those things where it's like really hard. Like, okay, we want to talk about Big Ten record. I give They don't. I know, I know, though. I but I do look what's at the longevity. The, what's the Iowa Penn State record head to head with those coaches? I'm pretty sure I. I don't know that Penn State well, won the last few times. No, no, I, they lost in Iowa City in I think 2020, was, maybe yeah, 20 or 19. I think it was 19. Okay, um, I'll find that. Yeah, I'll find I, that look, out. I might just be stuck in a time loop of Penn State 2016 through 2018. You could get me. Good. You could get Franklin to four for sure on to over. Paul Chris and I thought 2019 wasn't Penn State and Minnesota both undefeated going into Minnesota November 1st or whatever it was. Iowa beat Penn State last year 23-20 in Iowa City. Okay, and then six and zero. Oh yeah, because that's the game where basically they're both Penn State had it in control in. and then melted down. Then yes, keep looking, keep looking. I think in and then lost their quarterback. I'm I think in 19, I think I thought 19 Iowa beat them too. I thought 19 their losses were to Minnesota, Michigan. State. Okay, 20. 20, Iowa beat him 41-21. Yeah, that one was bad. So they beat him the last two times. 20, and, 20, and then there was a five, six straight wins for Penn State before that. Okay. Now, I give Ferentz, I do do the longevity thing. If you can stick in a job for 25 wanna, years. I'm not like saying you put him at 10. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time putting him where there's a limited upside of what that program is going to do every year. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They're just no, not. they're not. They're not. Like I, I don't say that to be a jerk. Um, but who can you say? Who in the West are you going to say could win the Big Ten? Right now, the only team that really ever feels like they're a threat would be Wisconsin, right. and those years kind of feel like they're in the. the I know background, that's right? the thing. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of why I'm okay eliminating divisions because one of them just frankly isn't up to snuff. They don't. Yeah, they don't. Stand up there in the in the conference. Mm-hmm. Game, and I, I do get a little tired of like trumpeting like oh. 
Paul Christian is five straight Big Ten West titles or whatever it is. I don't is. trumpet that. Um, you know, that's nice. It also means you're like 0-4 or 0-5 right. in championship games. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that they have a bad program or they're, they're not that good of a coach. I just – I put a little bit more emphasis, I guess, on you have to be able to get past – like, if you have a Big Ten title, mm-hmm. that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Kirk Ferentz has two shares – Mm-hmm. But it's been twelve years. It's been a while, uh, and and again, Iowa is a model of consistency, and I don't want yes. to take anything away from that. I just don't know that the upside is there. But if that's not what you're you're looking at, I it's guess um, no, when you're you're putting together these lists, I do. That's like what him. I mean. Like that's why these are subjective. They lead to these kind of conversations. I know. I love them. I love them. He loves. He Let's loves see who else. I, so who's at six? Six is Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, okay. And seven's PJ Fleck. See, I think you could flip those. Yeah, I think that's fine. I Mel Tucker's the one that you know if he eight. has another good eight. year, eight. It would be well. I've said this, and I'm not alone, so I don't want to make it seem like I was the one that had this idea. This is a damn good coaching conference. I know that's part of why you know we get into the discussion where Nebraska is at, where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Scott Frost isn't out coaching the guy across the no. sideline very often. No, it's not. It I mean, he might happen. catch people by surprise with scheme formation, certain play sets, things like that. Mm-hmm. But in a game to game scenario, generally Nebraska's going in deficient on the sidelines. <laughs> no, I know relative to what they're going. Against. I mean, Billum is eleventh on this list. I mean, Scott Frost is last, by the way. Right. I mean, he out coached Nebraska pretty easily right. in the first game last. Billum is eleventh. I mean that's three Rose Bowls at number eleven, right? Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's a deep league, yeah. coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Would Nebraska? I mean, would you would you argue against Scott Frost at fourteenth at all or not? Well, I think he's better than Mike Loxley. We had this conversation last. Thank time. Thank you, Mike. That's I was uh, I was I mean, he made I was what adamant is, what about is that. Greg Schiano at? He's tenth. Uh, Yes. There's Tenth. another guy. That, I know. Like, it's amazing. It's hard for So I think Greg Schiano's a really good football coach. So why? At 10. Yeah. At 10. And the thing is, I can't sit here and be like, well, Greg Schiano or Mel Tucker, it's kind of hard to do that right now. Yeah, it's kind of Yeah. Because I, I need, if he has success at Rutgers, though, if, like if they win seven or eight games in the next year or two, like that's a guy that's going to be. Yeah, five at Rutgers. You win five at Rutgers, you're doing pretty well. I think the Rutgers game is like the big it's, it's a scary game Friday well, I, night game. I just look at it as like where it sits in the schedule you know if Nebraska is yep. sitting at like five and one at right. that point going into it okay. it just has all the hallmarks uh, of a overlook of a overlook and it yeah two chest puffy oh yeah uh, we're, we're, we're five and one yeah. we're five and one yeah we're back, back. First road yeah. Game. we're back exactly yeah. What first road game in a while at that point too, right? Yeah, because Dublin that's the first neutral road, site game. Yeah, it's the first road. It's game the first period. actual road it's the first game. Period. So in first October road game. period, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You wonder how Nebraska, if they would get to five and one, would handle prosperity. Sure. I mean, I, look, I wonder that all the time. I, I wonder how the head coach handles right. prosperity. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, it's been and, five years since he's seen it. Right. Yeah, the whole program. This place gets a little weird. I mean, it can get out of whack fast. Well, it gets weird when they haven't won, and people are already like, "Well, if they're six and two going into November, <laughs> we're talking about them beating Oklahoma today, or I mean, seven and one." <laughs> we were. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's. I mean, that's the one that I've already penciled in as a potential loss. Well, so. sure. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Most people have. To yeah, be fair. that Oklahoma discussion is sort of interesting because you do you you don't say yeah. I, I think Nebraska is going to win. But like Jake, I mean Jake, you're very 
interesting about that. This is that. the most gettable that Oklahoma. No, well, I just point yeah. out They're very gettable. The, the yes. media put out their poll of, or their their all Big Twelve team, and, and Oklahoma had one player on it for yeah. the first team, the, the punter, punter, Michael Turk, the punter. That was it. Now you could put Marvin Mims in that conversation, yes, you like could. you mentioned, and then Anton Robinson, the yeah. uh, the, the left tackle, the tackle, yeah. And yeah. even D- Dylan Gabriel could be in uh, yeah. that conversation. Yeah, Spencer Sanders but is the first-team quarterback, and that's not but that's not a guy. lock. There's one know. guy right now yeah. on their all It's interesting. Yeah, it is, it is well, interesting. Well, it's a, it's a new coach. We don't know what he's going to run on offense. You don't know how quickly he'll adjust to things defensively with that unit. Well, you um, know, I mean, Jeff Levy's their offensive coordinator. He, he, you have a pretty good idea. He was at Ole Miss. Um, and, and Gabriel was with him at UCF, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you have a pretty good idea what they're going to do on offense. But uh, they'll be fast paced. Look, but, we know real well what UCF translated to for Big Ten football. I know. Now it's different with the Big Twelve. Yeah, it is different with the Big Twelve. Yeah, but I mean, and Lebby was Nebraska at Ole Miss. Is a model of a Big Ten team right now. Yeah, Lebby was at Ole Miss though, and they averaged five hundred sixty-two yeah. yards a, a game in the SEC. Now, I, how much is that as Lane Kiffin though? That's the question. I mean, is Lane running that offense? Kind of feels like that's Lane's offense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lane's offense is probably what you're looking at at Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, that's pretty scary then. Well, if it runs like that, if it runs. Yeah, yeah. If it's well oiled. Yeah. If the train is on the track, that's right. Big if. Big it's if. not a big if. Oklahoma's going to be good. You think they're going to slide back? I just don't think that they're the same team. We're going to. I don't know. If you're dealing with top ten Oklahoma. You might be dealing with top twenty. Right. Oklahoma. Yeah, top twenty, which is good, but very beatable. Expecting a loss going in, but we'll see how the Nebraska I, looks like the first three games. I, I understand These conversations why you, to me are fascinating. I understand why you laugh, but Nebraska against top 20 teams last year was in at all of the they're, games. They're strange conversations. Because so. I hear, I often hear people talk about Nebraska like they're a bad program. But then, oh, but I mean, Oklahoma's very beatable, you know? I mean, so what, if they're a bad program, then why is Oklahoma very beatable? You know, Oklahoma is not. It could just be in the incredible. general sense and not just yes. in the Nebraska sense. Well, general. It sense. could also just be because it's a Saturday in the fall. Yeah. And, and it's just an interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, and then what I love about it is we focus on that Oklahoma's gettable. And yet we still have about, what, 704 unanswered questions about Nebraska, roughly? Yeah, and a lot about Oklahoma, too. Sure. Well, yeah, and that's what I mean, though, because it's like you'll dwell on what might be over there. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't know what Mark Whipple's offense looks like for Nebraska. (laughs) We don't. We We assume it's Casey Thompson throwing the football, but it could be somebody else, potentially. We have no idea who the starting tackles are. You Mm -hmm. couldn't tell me today. You have guesses. I have guesses. Well, Prohoska, I think. But – we don't know who the starting also, running back is. Way, the running back or yeah. the center. Yeah. Well, we, I think we know the center. Uh, the center is the one offensive lineman I think we know, right? Hickson? Yeah. yeah. And then, I, you know, you Cor- know. Corcoran will <laughs> be somewhere track. healthy and yeah. Prohaska will be somewhere healthy. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Inside tackle. track, inside track, inside track. There's a lot of inside True. tracks, but I don't know that you can – I what I've been saying is I think you can only name one that you'd say – if I, I feel good about Prohaska being the left tackle. The if, rest of them are yeah. inside tracks. If he can move and, and yeah. do everything you have to be able to do as an offensive lineman yeah. coming yeah. off of a knee injury, sure. Right. I mean, he looks healthy when yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. But if he's healthy. Yeah. If he's healthy. But isn't it wild that it's just easy to write that in pen when he's played one and a half games as a starting left yeah. tackle? It is. And that's, it's like, that's not only are you writing it in pen, people are like, oh, he's going to be really good. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. It's just yeah. six quarters. Yeah, it's a little. That's a strange conversation. Yeah. 
It is. It's really good against Northwestern and Mich- Michigan yeah. for two quarters. And that's, that's our guy. Look, against, Coming off against an injury. Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. he was fantastic. He was, yes. I mean, I, he was. I don't want to take anything away from him. It's just kind of funny because it's like we're in Sharpie. It's like, well, this is your cornerstone left tackle. Well, I'm Coming not, saying, leg I'm not necessarily saying cornerstone. I just think he's a starter. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's a. Uh, I'm not saying he's all Big Ten starter. Sure, sure. I'm just saying I think he's a starter. I, I, he's the guy they've earmarked for that position. Yeah. So we'll see how he holds up. I I mean cornerstone by like that's basically a pillar of your offensive line, and you're not worried about it. Mm. More so than I wouldn't say I'm not worried okay. about it. All right. Yeah. A I, lot of people are more yeah. in the you know write it in, yeah. forget about it. Oh, I no, I'm I'm riding him in, but I'm watching it. Like, how's that look? Yeah, how's that well, look? Well, the other real part of that conversation is not like there's a guy behind him that's going to take that job. I don't think moment. so, unless you unless unless you start feeling very confident about Corcoran. Um, Who we, also hasn't practiced. I, right, who has injury issues. And then struggled so. last year at left yeah. tackle. Right, right. You now, I want to see right what, tackle, though. Right. I want to see what he looks like with a full August of practice. That's what I want to see. He's healthy now. Yeah. And then – and I think I think he'll look different. I from the conversations I had with some people that that were around last year and then in this spring, like they also want to see what he's like. It's healthy because he just hasn't really. No, been. he hasn't. I mean, he just spent most of last year pretty banged up playing. Well, and yeah, and all, missed all of fall camp. He missed all of fall camp, and I can remember watching him in warmups against Oklahoma, thinking he just doesn't look. He doesn't look like he should, and he, he didn't. I don't think he was as confident as he should be because he wasn't in the sort of shape he needed to be in. Yeah. Before we get to break, uh, Shape for this hour is sponsored by Trek CBD. And I'm hearing reports from the text line that the Trek CBD stuff for the, the pets worked very well for the 4th of yeah. July. How, how was Slider's experience with, with uh, the Trek CBD? Slider uh, looked like he got in a, uh, a fight with Mike Tyson, and he was knocked out for most that, of uh, – There we go. Really? Most of July 3rd and July 4th, which is not you know generally how you want your dog to be. <laughs> but – when it it sounds like you're you know in the middle of a war zone down there in South Lincoln, it's pretty nice that you are comfortable that your dog is just sleeping in the corner. Through all, we had people over on Monday and uh, gave him some early in the day, and like he's you know when people are around, he's usually very active and and interested in them. He like just laid down and took a nap and didn't get up for three hours. It was <laughs> I mean it was day. pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> so Trek CBD definitely has the stuff for pets. Look, I. I gave him one this morning because I don't know what the potential storm, and he was pretty, uh, Ooh, pretty storm. animated this really? morning as well. So um, they have uh, they have good stuff, calming treats from Trek CBD for your pets, and then of course the drinkable seltzer for you, so you and your pet can enjoy a nice little recess from life. Yeah, boy, my dog just crawled into the pillows of the bed. Just there's you know, w- Trixie has a bed with you know. Some people put a zillion pillows on their bed. Decorative pillows? Yeah. He just he just crawled into them. (laughs) Buried his head. (laughs) That's how he handled it. It was was horrifying. I I feel horrible. Yeah, it's look when your dog is shaking. Yeah. Like they're the thing at the paint store to get the paint all mixed up. You know, that's that's a little concerning. Don't want that. Uh, Trek CBD eighty fourth and highway two. More with Mike Schaefer next on early break on the ticket. (laughs) 